Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us this week on the podcast. We got Robbie Croyle. Hello. We got Jennifer Bartlett. Hi. And I'm here. Barely. Choking on phlegm. Choking on phlegm. It's full allergy season here in Montana. Happy Memorial Day to me. <laughs> Hope you're not eating. No, no. I would never recommend eating while listening to footnotes. I say footnotey goodness too often. And yes. if that doesn't throw off your eating experience, then I don't know what would. Uh, nevertheless. I 1,000% agree. <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless. Mm. Uh, all right, let's uh, kick her off with a little shortcoming. We got like, so normally our shortcomings in recent memory, for the most part, have just been silliness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but shortcomings has a, a proud heritage of being uh, a time in the podcast in which we can reflect and remember the times where we needed to clear something up because we messed up while we were preaching. We either got something <laughs> wrong or uh, we're just woefully ignorant. That's been the case a couple of times. Uh, or, or, you know, we, we learn something post-sermon, uh, post mm-hmm. and we're like, well, if I would have known that, that would have changed things, right? You know, uh, or a misspeak, perhaps. Uh, it's not just, you know, the technical screw-ups that we experience on a regular basis because we are exceedingly roughly right. At Mission Ridge, but uh, this week we we kind of we're, we're hearkening back to the beginnings of shortcomings and really the core value of what shortcomings stands for, which is to clarify when we screw something up. <laughs> Did uh, somebody screw something up? <laughs> this week, Robbie Croyle, while preaching, stated that chutzpah <clears throat> was a Hebrew word, and I don't care how much phlegm you put on it. It's still a Yiddish word, not Hebrew, necessarily. Mm. Now, there, there, there could be some overlap there, because obviously Yiddish is the... What, what, what technically is Yiddish? It's the kind of the... I want to say like the slang speak of the Jewish people, which probably contains a lot of Hebrew. I mean, you're the one correcting. Me I would, I would so suspect I'll, this, but however, however, you, it, I, I do know it is Yiddish, and it is not. It's specific, and it's definitely not ancient Hebrew. Uh, no, it might be, didn't might say be was, modern Hebrew. Wasn't I didn't say it was ancient uh, Hebrew, but I'm, I'm pretty Yiddish has more European origins. If my understanding is correct, now I, I could be wrong. I, I could know. be shortcoming on the shortcoming. We don't know. And, and, what's, and what's the word based off of? Uh, I, I'm not sure what chutzpah, like what, where the origins of of the Yiddish term come from. It derives from the Hebrew word chutzpah. Okay, so it's a, a slang term of the Hebrew term. Yeah. Okay. What's the uh, it, so chutzpah? Yeah. Versus chutzpah. Yes. Well, those are pretty close. Those what are pretty close. What does the Hebrew word mean? <laughs> what is the technique? Yeah, what's the Hebrew word mean? Insolence or cheek or audacity. It's actually a, a strongly audacity. negative word, connotation word that that we use as a sure as a very positive. Well, I mean, we are American, and we we enjoy our audacity, yeah. <laughs> the gall, the uh, the cheek. We enjoy that in our in our characters. I love it when Shandea says audacity because she's like the audacity, and I'm like, <laughs> points for using a big word, minus a point for saying it wrong. <laughs> no, absolutely not. She's making it her own. <laughs> Double points for that. <clears throat> you have the audacity to correct her on that. Shame on you. Uh, so there you, that, that, that was the one. I you know I just clarification in case anyone was confused on that. Uh, and it would be a modern, it would be a modern Hebrew word, right? Or is that an ancient Hebrew word that that's derived from? I think that's more modern. Okay, Mo- more of a modern. I, it gets very I'm not it's finding very, it, uh, not finding it in the. It's not in Blue Letter Bible. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not finding it in Blue Letter Bible. And <laughs> what's the first mention of that? 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marty Solomon. That's the first mention. <laughs> that was definitely, I, I probably had heard that word before, but I it didn't get worked into my regular vocabulary until I spent time around, around Marty and Aaron mm. at, uh, at OTP. That, uh, I, f- I think it was actually talking about Jacob. Hmm. Uh, I think it was talking about Jacob that I first kind of heard that applied. <clears throat> I love during the chutzpah moment of the sermon, it became interactive in the <laughs> service. There, w- I, there was a, a little call people. response there. Yeah. That was, that was fantastic. Yeah. People weren't asleep. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. They're like, I have no idea what that word is. Yeah. That one of the gals. And I think other people's eyes lit up were like, yeah, please. To find that for us. <laughs> she said what we were thinking. Yep. That's good. Other people were like, it means gusto. Yeah. Which is uh, true. But that, think even even in that, like. Or gumption. I think gumption, gumption or gusto or gisto. I don't know. Is that is it pronounced gisto or gusto? I don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, that was a gif gif sort of jab there. <laughs> Nevertheless. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just being a twerp. Um, but those terms. Those are like the positive. We, we we associate those with a positive value, kind of mm-hmm. like it's the go getter attitude versus the more negative connotations of gall or cheek or heel grabber. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would. I'm not. I'm not sure when you were describing uh, Jacob's name, and I was. I was in the tech booth, and I was listening. I was trying to hear. A certain section, so I wasn't paying super close attention to when you were saying this, because we were hearing the audio cut out briefly, um, and I was trying to find what Mike was talking about. But uh, <clears throat> when you were describing Jacob's name, did you mention that it like oftentimes just gets called deceiver? I did not. No. So that that would be that would be another like the the kind of the understanding of Jacob's name was being called deceiver like you've been named it's like naming your kid liar yeah that's that's um right sure that's that's actually what my wife told uh our son jacob when he was about six years old Mm -hmm. joshua our second son asked what his name meant or or christy somehow somehow the conversation came up and Christy told Josh what his name meant, and and that was a really fun conversation. And she's telling me this story, and I and, and my eyes are big because because you told Jacob that his name meant deceiver. Yeah, I, I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> that that kid, he was distraught for quite some time. Yeah, um, and, and you know. Did you know when Jacob was born that his name meant deceiver or like would that have changed choosing his name? Ooh, well, good question. His, his name doesn't mean deceiver. Uh we just equated to deceiver. Yeah, okay. that's it's not a really good translation of that. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so so that it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so that for one, uh it's kind of like uh hutzpah, like we're where uh, it had a negative connotation, and we turn it to a positive connotation. It's kind of kind mm-hmm. of similar yeah. to that. Like, um, although it can mean crooked, right? Because the or heel, bent. I, I think Foreman said the bent or crooked, because the heel is not straight. The heel is right. is crooked. Yeah, and so in their language is picturesque, and so when you say something is not straight, then there's a connotation. You could take that as a connotation of they're not being straight with you. And this might be a, a spoiler alert or a spoiler warning, but I, I think Israel also has some connotation of meaning straight. Um, I think Foreman said that somewhere. I, I would have to go back and double check that, and we'll probably see that in coming weeks in a further conversation. Um, you do know that Hebrew mean has there's an, it's an adjective as well and it's of the Hebrews or of the Jewish people so uh, okay cuz right. later on you're you're still you're still justifying the shortcoming cuz <laughs> later on I said it's an Israeli word okay all right it's i i missed i missed yeah. the Israeli part yeah I did well too. there you go i wasn't necessarily saying it was <clears throat> like biblical hebrew but okay all right but um 
so Christy was actually given redeemed each of the kids <laughs> each of the kids' names before she even conceived them. God said Jacob is coming. And then God said Joshua is coming. And then God said, Joy is coming. And we actually, uh, between Josh and Joy, Christy had a miscarriage. And um, early, super, super early in the pregnancy. Um, And then we were told Jasmine was coming. So, and four for four, you know, the kids came out according to the, you know, gender you would expect for those four names so right yeah there's no uh you know like connor can be a boy or a girl name like or charlie now is a boy or a girl name connor can be uh-huh i know a couple of girl connors i've never met a girl I, connor I, I, me either odd interesting now i know I, logan can be yeah uh the council of logans is a all-inclusive sort of table <laughs> I've always wanted to start a council of Logans. Mm-hmm. We would get together for breakfast. Just, just it's it's kind of like the 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 battle of the Joshes or whatever mm-hmm. that that occurred this summer. If you haven't heard of that story, look it up. It's hilarious. Um, nevertheless, make me hungry. What's in a name? Breakfast. What's in a name? Mm-hmm. Oh, but ja- yeah, Jacob. Okay, so but so it can be it can be crooked, but there there's and I think we're gonna see this. It can it can play out uh positively or negatively like that could be a and i think we see this when we we talk about chutzpah mm-hmm. right there's a positive side to that there's also a negative side side to chutzpah it could be this uh audacity the cheek the uh rudeness yeah, it, it could be perceived as rudeness or uncouth or. Um, yeah, our greatest strengths can can be our greatest downfall. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think because you you were saying that chutzpah actually has a negative connotation. Yeah, originally. originally. Yeah. <clears throat> Which in a culture in a culture that values respect, um, mm. and and. Uh, when you think of chutzpah, audacity or cheek, that's usually directed upwards, right? To an authority figure, somebody above you. Right. Um, it's not, you wouldn't say, well, that's a cheeky sort of thing to say to somebody beneath you, necessarily. That that would be a less common usage of it. It would be directed upward, right? You think of your kids being cheeky or you know, mouthing off or something. Um, so in a culture that values that highly, of course chutzpah would be that would I would be more of a negative thing versus our America. Uh, we you know we enjoy we were a bunch of we had a bunch of founding fathers that had a bunch of chutzpah mm-hmm. those cheeky little colonials. <laughs> My goodness! So there you go. Context. Yeah, who was it? Uh, I think it was George Washington that said that one man's. Terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. That sounds about right. So yeah, if you if you look at the revolution, um, if it had gone the other way, it would have been a very different sort of uh, the the lens would have been very different. Well, in the history books in Great Britain, even even the years following. Oh sure. Oh, those would be interesting to, the, to read. The history books Absolutely. here, right? Mm-hmm. We're we're at a it, it, that's an interesting time where both sides got recorded, the perspective. Because I mean, I think ancient times the uh, the conquering force, you only heard their side of it. Right. right. You never heard about the losers because right. they got burned, yeah. and all of their stuff got destroyed, and their stories got washed off the walls. Yep. So. Interesting thought. Man. Yeah, yeah, really, I mean, f- since that time, I don't know if there's been too many wars where a people's history has actually been wiped out. Like, now... The Ottoman Empire probably would have been the last one that 
I can think of that really kind of ceased to be. The empire ceased, but the but the history. I mean, we know. Yeah, we we still know about them and it, have records like of it. You, more and more, you can't you cannot get away from your sins as a nation, as it were. Sure. Right. You you because to me, people are paying attention. There's you know, and so that's kind of interesting. Like the too easy to write stuff down. The accountability is. Um, makes it. Uh, hmm. I was. You know, makes it seem like it's. I think it probably actually makes it seem like things are worse, but it probably actually is pushing things to be better. Right. I would say. Right. Because there's accountability and there's. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That was an unplanned rabbit trail on footnotes, but I like it. I dug that. That was good stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> that's all because we were just picking at uh, you know just pushing Rob to be a little bit better on 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 his definition of chutzpah. Just clarifying, just a little clarification. We now know. We that now know that, is, that we should probably look up more things. That's the good news. <laughs> yeah. Google oh, is our friend. Google's our friend and sometimes sometimes. All right. Well, let's. Uh, speaking of uh, things that we should look up and we should uh, talk about, that was a really bad segue. Not my best work. <clears throat> Nevertheless, You'll do better next time. Maybe or uh, or maybe I won't. Maybe you're tapped out. Well, just uh, well, yeah, it could be. I've I've used all of the good segues. They're all gone. <laughs> uh, have to move on to lime scooters. Nevertheless, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry guys. Lime scooters. Yeah, those are the little scooters that you can rent. To run around in cities and stuff, oh. it's like a, a pay per mile or something. I, I don't know. They're like a scooter, which is similar to a Segway, but never, nevertheless, uh, the wheels are just in line as opposed to. Well, I guess the Segway wheels are in line too. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, let's talk about. And speaking of lines, let's talk about Isaac's lineage. I mean lineage. There's the Segway. Oh, oh baby, that that was kind of <laughs> rough too. I'm not gonna lie. But no, I'm, I'm I'm claiming that one. That was that was beautiful. <laughs> oh man, alive, oh, or dead because it's a lineage. Um, so <laughs> let's talk about this lineage weirdness. You alluded to this in the sermon. Um, that this is this is an odd one. This is an oddball out because it starts off. Yeah. Now these are the records of the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. This is a. Uh, Genesis 25, 19, and 20. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean of uh, Padaram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean, to be his wife. And this is not what we normally see when we see a genealogy. Now that this phrase, uh, generations, uh, it's Seen for the first time in Genesis 2 4, these are the counts of the heavens and the earth. Okay. Um, Genesis 5 1, uh, the generations of Adam. Okay. Six then we get generations of Noah, probably the next one, right? Noah. <laughs> Got it. Uh, Nailed it. Shem. Um, and then 1032 of Noah, according to the genealogies of generations of their nations. Uh, 1110, generations of Shem again. Okay. Um, generations of Terah. Okay. Ishmael. Um, and that one's right before it, right? Yeah, that's earlier in the chapter. Generations of Ishmael. And then it proceeds to list Ishmael's, Ishmael begat this, who begat this, who begat this. Mm-hmm. Going full King James on it, right? Yeah. Now, what's interesting is is this seems to this chapter. Um, Genesis twenty five nineteen generations of Isaac, and and then kind of referring back to uh, to Abraham. Uh, it there seems to be some parallels between that and Genesis. Two, thus the heavens and earth were completed and all their hosts. By seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his works, which he created 
and made. This is the count, this is the generations of the heavens and earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made earth and heaven. So we just finished up Genesis 1 with a, with an account, and now mm-hmm. we get a second telling, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. starting in verse 4. Now no shrub of the field was yet in the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted, and Lord God had not sent rain upon the earth, and there was no man to cult- cultivate the ground, but a mist used to rise from the earth and water to whole certain... Like it kind of... These are the generations. This is how... This is how the earth was born or this is this is what happened after the earth was born this is what the earth sustained afterwards but then it seems to go back and kind of you know backtracks hmm. a little bit okay um cuz it's saying there was no shrub of the field and there's no plant and and there's no rain well you need all those things for life sure and and Isaac needed his father mm-hmm. in order for him to become a father. Mm-hmm. Is almost what the author seems to be saying. Hmm. And uh, like, if we're going to live out this legacy, we have to remember that those who went before us matter. Yeah, I know. Uh, Foreman does a, a bit on this, um, which we and I, if I remember correctly, where he lands, where he ends up with this, is that kind of the 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 Bible the Bible lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a, just a short little short little video that he's got on this one. But the the lesson of that one is that um, because this genealogy starts off with Abraham. It's really pointing to the lineage. It's pointing to the uh, the the manner which Isaac is supposed to carry out his life, uh, and it's saying that <clears throat> Abraham was the big innovator, and that Isaac, being the next one down, his job, his role was not to be some great new innovator, but instead to carry on. Right. The tradition carry on that lineage of Abraham, and it was just his job to do the work, which in this case we get. Then we get the story of him digging the wells right after that, and what we talked about last week, uh, unstopping the, wells. Yeah, unstopping wells, um, and then digging a couple new ones. Um, but, but by and large, where his father mm-hmm. had already like he. He's traveling paths that he traveled as a kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and he's he's not he never leaves the land or a young adult. Yeah, and he he never leaves that land. Um, it's it's not his job to be the big innovator. Sometimes it's just your call to walk out what you've been given well, and that was kind of well pun intended. <laughs> uh, and that that was kind of where where Foreman landed with that was that sometimes that's. That's your call. Well, and and I like what Foreman brings out in that conversation because that's not as easy of a job as it, as it seems. Like, oh, you, well, you just got to keep things from dying. Um, Think of how many Fortune 500 companies or or any company, right? The parents build it up. The whoever builds it, right. Right, and, they and, get and, it going, and then they they hand it off to their kids, and it becomes, and it tanks. Yeah, it falls apart. Right. Yeah, they don't it, have what it takes. Scripturally, you can look at you can look at David, and then and then uh, Solomon, and then the progression down the whole but the whole then, line. Absolutely, and, and Solomon mm-hmm. really does take what David innovates, and he does well. Mm-hmm. But his son does not. Yeah, and he, you know, we're where Solomon is is putting up gold uh, shields up on on the wall, his son is taking those down and replacing them with bronze. Yep. And yeah, it's kind of shiny. <clears throat> kind of. It's lost its luster. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not this, not this. The ship is sinking. Uh, example. Uh, here's another one that popped into my head. Herod, Herod the Great. 
Oh, yeah. Herod the Great was possibly the uh, penultimate leader. I don't I don't know if you could find a better, uh, better, I use this word lightly, a better leader um, as far as the, what he accomplished. I would say more dominant. More Sure, more dominant might be a better, yeah, because he, he wasn't a nice guy. Like, let's not, he's not any sort of benevolent, positive role model for your children. Other than the guy was brilliant, apparently, or had brilliant people working for him, he, the man was a fantastic leader. He got things done. Um, they, he did things under his rule that we still don't know how they did them. Mm-hmm. Underwater concrete. Right. What? Yeah. Um, that, so they're still solid today. Yeah, two thousand years yeah. later. I like the mind-blowingly huge. Uh, the Steve Jobs of his day, or more. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but he knew he had three kids, and he knew that none of them could take. That he knew if he just handed it off to one of them, it would the whole thing would fall to pieces. So he actually broke his kingdom up into three parts and gave each kid got part of it, right? Because he knew none of them could handle the full shebang the greatness of all of absolutely it. yeah it's just a i popped into my head talking about being able to you know when you when your dad passes down a kingdom and then it tanks yeah that's a that is a thing mm-hmm. yep that is a thing and so this concept of isaac you might think of like oh well that's a kind of a he's just supposed to you know he's not supposed to be the big innovator or, or anything. no no he's just supposed to keep doing the work mm-hmm. and for us i mean and, and so let's let's apply it to us you know we are taking what's been handed to us from a spiritual lineage standpoint individually and, and corporately mm. and the question is will a tank will there be a generation left that knows the lord when we are done right Something worth considering, for sure. All right. Uh, Now, I have no idea where this one's going to end up, but we'll see. Uh, Let's talk about Isaac's eyes. Yeah. big part of this sermon was uh, developing a good eye. In fact, that was one of the implications um, or next steps uh, tied in with this of understanding blessing. Develop a good eye, read Jesus, I think was the next step, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yep. Boom. Stepped it. Nailed Just it. High stepping right there. So this is a first mention. Uh, this is the first time this concept is used or, or okay. uh, presented in the scriptures. So that's Genesis 27.1. And then um, uh, Israel, Jacob, Israel in Genesis 48.10, his eyes are dim. Um, 1 Samuel 3.2 Eli, um, his eyesight had begun to grow dim, and he could not see well. Um, 1 Kings 14, uh, Jeroboam. I'm sorry, uh, Ahijah. Um, And then it's mentioned in like Psalm 69.23, made their eyes grow dim so that they cannot see. Uh, Isaiah six ten, uh, their ears dull and their eyes dim. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts. Um, and then Lamentations five seventeen, because of this, our hearts are faint. Because of these things, our eyes are dim. Now, what the rabbis conclude from from these stories and 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 the one story that I think may be different is the Genesis 48:10 but the other stories by and large uh in particular uh 1 Samuel 3:2 and Genesis 27:1 they're not seeing the fathers are, are not seeing their sons well. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I don't like what the rabbis have done with with Esau in mm-hmm. this that they see Esau as as an evil person, and I and Jacob as the you know the Torah reader, which the Torah hasn't even been 
put on paper yet. Sure. Um, but uh, but they're you read the midrash and and you know they're um, Jacob is Captain America. He's he is sure he is, <clears throat> and really these are just two boys trying to figure out how to live out their relationships with their parents well. And they both got their flaws. And and Esau is going to do some very redemptive things towards the end of the story. Hmm. And, and in fact, uh, just uh, we'll drop a hint here, uh, Jesus refers to that moment in one of his stories. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and and refers to it as the, hey, pay attention to this because this is done well, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, um, so that's why I said in the sermon, like, don't don't be looking at this story like this is the good versus the bad, or those who are in versus out, or those who are saved mm-hmm. or not saved, or those who are part of the kingdom or not part of the kingdom, because uh, Esau is under the Abrahamic covenant. He's he's circumcised. Hmm. From that standpoint, he's in the kingdom, hmm. and so you know does 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 he necessarily want to be? Is he like want to own this and run with it in this at this moment? These snapshots in time, I would say no. But um, but that's that's what the rabbis will tell you that these stories that this idea of this uh, eyes being too dim, um, they're it's it's throughout the Old Testament, and um, is it's I wouldn't say this is a law, but I would say it's more of a rule. Mm. Um, in general, if someone's eyes are dim. The scriptures are talking about a spiritual aspect of someone's leadership. It's the uh, oh nope nope the the phrase has gone from my uh, good eye versus bad eye. I was yeah couldn't remember the yep the Hebrew phrase for that. But uh, the good eye versus bad eye. Am I viewing this as a uh, am I viewing things with a lens of there there will be plenty, uh, God will provide, or am I viewing it of a lens of there is not going to be enough, uh, a view of scarcity? Right. Which really leads us right into the, the elements of the blessings. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we could jump there next. The, uh, the really mm-hmm. interesting thing, um, well, I would say that Isaac, his eyes being dim, it's not just about not seeing Esau well. I would say he doesn't see Jacob well either. Yes. Yeah. No. He he doesn't he doesn't see he's not seeing either very clearly, and there's a possibility, uh, which somebody could chase down if they wanted to. A case has been made that that might stem from an experience that he had with his father. Uh back in earlier in Genesis, where he gets trekked up a mountain and nearly sacrificed and then runs away. Yeah, the uh, stories are connected. It's those, uh, those two stories are incredible. It's mind-blowing how connected those two are. Yeah, and you really need a rabbi to talk through it. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like I, we, we would not do it justice. For I you. understand it conceptually, and it is, yeah, it's cool the way... If you, if you wanted to go chase it down, uh, you could cue in on the phrase, here I am. Well, why don't you just link it? Uh, the Aleph Beta? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can link that. I was like, can you put that in the show notes? <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll link, uh, I'll t- tell you what, I'll link, I'll link two things for this. I'll link uh, Foreman's video on it. Which he's got a, a really good video about the binding of Isaac and the handing down of the blessing between Jacob and Esau, uh, and this whole this whole whole story that we talked about. And then I'll also link. Uh, Marty did an excellent episode on Isaac's eyes mm. just mm. recently. Uh, I wouldn't ever recommend listening to Bama out of order, 
I'm sorry, Brent, but uh, you could probably one-shot this one and then go back and listen to all of them, obviously, because that's what you should do. Uh, but uh, there's a they they spend about 40 minutes talking about Isaac's eyes specifically and this the concept of that, which is very good. And so, so. for us, you know, again, the world is being introduced to their God. And, and it's happening through Abraham and then Isaac and then Jacob. And, and each of these folks, they, they, they understand some things, but I would say like a, an infantile level. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you've ever had an infant child and you're know, like, oh, man, Johnny's got a heck of an arm. Um, they're still an infant. Right, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, Abraham had some very redemptive um, characteristics, but he didn't know everything about God. This He was just introduced to him. Right. And over his 160-whatever years of life, like he's learning about his God, and, and we see some Ab- of those stories. Abraham? Yes. 175. 175. I think is what we said. Yeah. And so he's learning about his God, and then the author captured those stories to help us to know what is and is not true about our God. But it's through a narrative. It's not It's not through, uh, you know, one plus one is two. Like, it's not math. It's, you know, it's not... Sure, it's still... It's, not it, it, it's still not a lecture. And so we have to, we have to like, mine these things out out of the text. And sometimes we have to pay attention to things like the the original language and 20 something being repeated 23 times. Now the word blessing or the, the, a couple of different forms of that word but the root word blessing is in Genesis 99 times. Wow. Okay. But it's not repeated in any other chapter more than 10 times. Sure. Out of the ninety-nine, twenty-three of them, twenty-three of them are here. Are in this story, and no other story has more has as many as ten. Yeah. So this story is about blessing. It's a big neon sign pointing towards it. Now, one of the things that I notice in in reading this is that this blessing is about what you do. Hmm. Like, I will bless you because you do for me. And Jacob's not sure that he can do what he needs to do in order to be blessed by his dad. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the, that's the question that Jacob is wrestling with in the story, I believe. Um, but listen to these two blessings and just tell me what you notice about them. Uh, see the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Now may God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and an abundance of grain and new wine. May people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be masters over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be those who curse you and blessed be those who bless you. So that's blessing number one. All right. This is all out of Genesis 27. Blessing number two. Behold, away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling, and away from the dew of heaven from above. By your sword you shall live, and your brother shall serve. I'm sorry, and your brother you shall serve. But it shall come about when you become restless that you will break his yoke from your neck. What do you guys notice? Um, they're juxtaposed against each other mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, I, there's there's a couple of things I don't I don't have it in front of me, so I'm I'm probably gonna say this wrong. But one is you're gonna be blessed by the 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 fields of the earth in the first one. Yep. The second one, you're going to be away from it. Yeah. You you you're not going like this is not your this is not your place. It's the haves and the have-nots. It's the have and the have-nots. Uh, one is, and, the, and then the, the it gets a little weird with this 
the your your brother, you know, those your brothers shall serve you. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is you shall serve until you get restless with this and break your yoke, right? And this this really good, takes me back when we were wrestling with this last week. I still I don't have a really good case for this yet, but I still think there's something going on here. What if Jacob had to, or what if uh, Isaac had two blessings prepared, mm. and Jacob comes in and takes Esau's blessing, and Esau gets Jacob's blessing. Be, and and uh, and this is this is maybe some because because we think of this different. Uh, I think we're going to talk about this a little bit more with uh, our next like obligating God to work. Um, it's a different concept of blessing than it's not just like me saying something. You know, <clears throat> I can't give the same blessing to every every person that walks down the street. Would be the concept. Uh, this is as it, it makes a point of saying that this is as Isaac's nearing the end of his life. Um, and so it, this is, he has thought over the course of his two sons' lives. And these are the words that he is going to proclaim over them. Uh, and the, the, this is going to drive who they are. This is, or, or this is declaring who they are. It's either prescriptive or descriptive, perhaps. Right. Um, saying, this is who I know you to be. Uh, and this is, this is how this is going to play out. Right. Um, and what if, cause it says Isaac wept. What if he, I, I, I think there might be a case to be made that Isaac through his bad eyes, his viewing of his favoritism towards Esau, one did not create a balanced blessing because the first one is definitely a whole lot better. Right. And the second one is, is not. Uh, and I think it's possible that in this story, Isaac realizes my favorite son got the good blessing or my, my not favorite son got the good blessing. And now my favorite son is now asking for a blessing and the only blessing I have to give him is the short straw. It is not even a blessing. Yeah. It's and 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 reading and maybe the maybe the biggest thing for this is maybe perhaps Isaac saw in Jacob potential. And I think there's some contextual clues in that second blessing. Like when you get tired of being under your brother's yoke, you will break it. You'll rise up and you, you won't be content to stay under this, right? Which would kind of be in line with who Jacob's name says he should be. Right. Sir Plotter, right? Uh, supplanter. And, uh, and, and that might be, I, I could see it being the case that Isaac was trying to, if that's crafted for Jacob, mm-hmm. Isaac is trying to tell, and it's a, I, probably in a passive-aggressive jerk manner, because it's not really, it's not a great blessing. Or at least it doesn't seem like it to me. Uh, I think it's possible that he's telling him this is the kick in the pants of like, when you decide to get out of the tent and go be a doer, mm-hmm. then you'll then you'll you you'll be out from underneath this well, position of subservience. Maybe away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling. Like like you you're gonna you're, you're gonna, gonna be a sojourner. Or no, you're gonna be in the tent. Oh sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, that yeah. Well. In- Going further into that, Isaac wants Jacob to go away and marry somebody in his own family. So, like, even looking at, like, if Isaac thinks the dwelling place, the richness of the land is where he's at, and then he's sending Jacob away, Mm. there's a... But that's a a wanting good for you, because he's wanting him to come from the good stock where his wife came from. But and from the family looking, because they don't like the Hittite wives. Blessing, okay. And he is trying to send his son away to bless him. 
Hmm. Look at it from a blessing standpoint, not a crappy blessing. Well, there. So there will be another blessing. So we'll have to talk about that. Mm-hmm. There's more coming when we get there. Um, think so. A couple things I want to highlight too um, is that um, people serve you and nations will bow down to you. Like up to this point, the 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 choosing of the wife or the choosing of the person was because of their hospitality. Mm-hmm. But this blessing seems to be anti-hospitable. It's almost lording over. Yeah. Although, push back again. Well, maybe maybe push back against that. Isaac had, I don't know whether they were bowing down to him, but he had the Abimelech and the, those nations um, from... Was it? No, uh, I want to say Gaul, but that's not right. Uh, Gerar. Gerar. That's right. Uh, he had the nations of Gerar because of his kind of hospitality, I guess, or at least generosity of not fighting them. Like once he gets that. Yeah, but be masters of your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. I mean, this this is. That's this, definitely dominion. It's, mm-hmm. it's different than the kingdom values that, that Christ put on display. And called his disciples to, and then he ends it with "Cursed be those who curse you, and mm. blessed be those who bless you," which is flip flop from. Um, from when Abraham is blessed by God, mm. he says, "I will bless those who bless you." And the one who curses you, I will curse. Like, it's... So, again... This might be good eye, bad eye again. Which one comes first? The the cursed are those who curse you. Right. And blessed are those who bless you. I'm seeing the the bad. There's going to be more that dislike you. Yeah. Like, Mm. the one... There's going to be many that, that bless you. The one that curses you, I'll curse. But there's going to be many that will bless you mm. is almost the implication you know, in the blessing to Abraham. Is that the only way to hear that? And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. Hmm. And in all the families of the earth will, and in you all the families of the earth. Will. So the focus is on blessing. Sure. So, so again, it just it seems like Isaac has this evil eye, this this eye that says, and, and I don't know why this is. Um. And, and. He thinks he's dying, and yet he lives a bunch of years. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that that maybe he's sick. Maybe there's something going on where he, where his perspective has been kind of because this doesn't seem totally like Isaac. Hmm. This seems to be the you know the antihero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is not. Uh, this isn't normal Isaac, I don't think. Hmm. Um, and it would be really interesting to know where this falls within the whole timeline of, of like Abimelech, because these stories aren't necessarily told in chronological order. Hmm. It, would s- it would seem like that one is, because they're dwelling in tents, right? And so they're they're not settled like they were in in the story with Gerar, uh, although maybe they were intense there. They were just settled intense. I don't know. Uh, so it would seem like this is after the Abimelech stuff. It might not be though. Well, they're, uh, and I'm talking about Abimelech coming back to him. Oh, at Beersheba. Sure. They're intense. Okay. Hmm. So, 
Jesus, you know, I think wants to just totally redeem this. And he says, bless those who curse you and, and pray for those who persecute you. And then, then Peter says, we are called for this very purpose that we would be a blessing to those who are cursing us in order. That's how we, re- we receive our blessing by being a blessing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Muy bueno. All right. <clears throat> well, I think we've uh, rambled on for a fair amount here. Uh, we'll be talking about wedding difficulties and uh, what makes what makes for the right woman uh, next week. I'm keenly interested to know what that is. Uh, <laughs> I said the joke so no one else had to. Um, all right, so we're we're gonna dive right into the next stage of this story next week. Uh, we'll see we'll see a little bit. There's overlap between these. This the these stories get a little they're they're so interconnected mm-hmm. uh, for the next the next couple of weeks here uh, between Jacob and and his brother and Jacob and his uncle as we'll see in coming weeks and uh, and the the ramifications of decisions that have been made. And how they play out are going to be fun to see unravel. So, stay tuned for that, and we'll uh, we'll just keep uh, keep digging in. Check out the the things that I've got linked in the show notes if you're interested. Be plenty of rabbit holes to fall down there, and be all sorts of confused and interested, just like the rest of us are. So, uh, until further notice, uh, this has been footnotes, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more Footnotes.